Hello, this is Ian from Scholar Green and welcome to another edition of the Potters Podcast. Again, coronavirus is destroying everything. I mean, I was, I was speaking to a person the other week who's got 200 toilet rolls in their loft for some reason. I mean, the craziness is going everywhere. So, break in, Mark. How's it going? How's, how's it going? It's chaos, isn't it? <laughs> it's chaos everywhere. No, not at the moment. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a jaunt at the moment. I've been doing interviews. We've got another one soon. We just want to check in, see how you're getting on. I think, I think everybody's, I think everybody just wants everything back to normal, don't they? I mean, I think a lot of people didn't take it very seriously until the very end of the. Now, obviously, when people are dying, it, 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 it's tough not to take it seriously. I mean, I've been quite proud of a lot of Stokies on Facebook trying to keep the positivity going, but. Well, I mean, I think everybody's now starting to get bored. That's why we're starting to do two pods a week now to try and, you know, keep the positivity going. I think it was brilliant what happened the other day with the eight o'clock for the nurses. I think it's even brought a tear to my eye, and I'm not a nurse. I'd be a great nurse, but it's great reactions at the moment, isn't it? the hope anyway yeah, how, are you, how are you coping with no football I've watched every single football video on YouTube I think <laughs> every every single top 10 top 50 top free kick I, I, I can't keep watching it I think I've watched 4 or 5 Stoke games through 90 minutes they've been put on <laughs> social media the Man City game the, the FA Cup semi-final what's loads but it still doesn't take away from the real thing oh no no well, speaking of internet videos, his next guest who's on this show very soon, Pounds, is on here. Have you, been, have you been watching any of his videos? I've watched a few, yeah. Like I say, it's nice to see a few actually making the jump and coming on, because I don't know why people were so nervous, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, we, had, we had Rob on the Sunday edition. Um, well, last Sunday's, because this has gone out this Sunday. I mean, like, it's quite confusing for me now, because I've done that many interviews in isolation. But it's not. Yeah, I did, see, I did see someone put on Facebook earlier that what day is it? It's Wednesday. What, what day is that? Nobody knows. <laughs> I got, to be honest, I got confused. I've only been off yeah. since Friday because I had a bad chest and a bit of precaution. I had time off. <laughs> I was confused. I thought, was it Monday or Sunday? I'm not, I'm not too sure. So people see, I, have to, I have to admit, speaking to you now on the car park, I am slightly nervous in the fact of. I don't want to see that black police car come down and find me for being outside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to be careful, yeah. Yeah, I could do with some tinted windows on the van, really, just uh, as if the van's been here a while. Well, that's the game, yeah. Yeah, maybe I think I'm delivering tablets to the doctors outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, the doctors that's been closed for three years. Medi- medication, but I think the, what gives me away is, is the ladders on the roof. 
<laughs> How far are you getting these pills? Well, it's isolation. You left them upstairs for me. Well, you never know, do you? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's tough. It is tough, that football. I mean, the news about the, the closed doors camp to finish the football does seem like a logical idea now. I've read about it this morning. Um, I know poor Liverpool fans, eh? Yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, a lot of people are sort of looking at Liverpool because of how well they've played this season, but at the same time, there's a lot of other clubs in a lot of other divisions that they'll feel all done by, no matter how you look at it. I mean, even our own ladies team, second in the league, all right, fair enough, Sunderland are sort of walking it, but they've had such a great season for just cancelling, it's downheartening for anybody, really. I mean, you look at some of the lower league teams, some of them, I'm sure it's, it's one and one of the divisions that have won every game and, and and you just think it's the right kick in the teeth but when you sit down and think about it after this is something that nobody's seen in their lifetime not really I mean I've seen a couple of posts from old people saying the last time I can remember this sort of chaos was the war sort of thing and, and that that's sort of the last time and then people saying it are obviously well well in the late 80s, 90s so there's nothing in our lifetime, nothing in our family's sort of lifetime, mums and dads and stuff so it is something that's tough and I do think that we do all need to come together, I mean it's a bit a shame that you see some people attacking NHS staff when at the end of the day they're sort of holding this country up on their own really at the moment Oh I know it's disgusting yeah, absolutely yeah. disgusting behaviour that that is attacking <laughs> Attacking yeah. NHS workers and attacking their houses when they're out saving people's lives. Because let's be honest, it, it's getting mad now. People are losing their lives on a daily basis now because of this virus. And, you know, I, I remember when we first were talking about it, we were having a laugh and a joke and, and all that kind of stuff. But now, now it's very serious now. Even oh, I'm yeah, worried yeah. now. I'm even I'm worried now about what's been going on. But when you talk yeah. about teams that you've got to that you've got to feel sorry for our very own non-league team our, our non-league team's top of the league and, and has been top since the beginning league town so yeah. you've got to give a mention to them that you have to feel sorry for them like you say there's not a soul there's not a soul in this country it's not here as well there's not a soul in the world it's not here that's, that, that's, the ser- that's the seriousness of it I mean when you've seen posts online about people going out in groups people having parties lock-ins stuff like that I don't think they're quite comprehending the fact that this is not just a national issue, it's a, it's a global issue. I mean, national, sometimes you think, oh, well, it'll die down after a week or whatever. When it's come across every, pretty much every nation, then you've got to start standing up and looking at it and going, well, all right, we're going to be skins, but we, you've got to stay indoors. You've got to think of your family, and you? And think about, obviously, surviving as well. That's the thing. I know you still think of the shops and... People still need exercise, but I mean, people having lock-ins and stuff. As much as much as people like a pint, you're still dancing with death, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah, when you're bringing people in your house, especially when you've got kids and you've got next door yeah. neighbours and stuff, you you chance. Somebody on mood for me. They've had more visitors than they do at Christmas. Yeah. Is just? He's just thinking. I don't know. I just think. Normally, nobody ever visits them, and then all of a sudden, every man and his dog's gone up for a well, brim. To be honest, though, I wish I had a visitor. I've been on my own now for four days, and I'm, I'm getting a bit peculiar. Mate, I felt a bit peculiar yesterday. I, I thought my head was going to roll off. I didn't know what day it was. I don't know, it's just, it's like, I've still gone out for exercise, still gone for a walk and stuff, but 
feel dead trapped. I mean, I never found so much enjoyment walking around in bargains. It's just something to do. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's like, a strange time, yeah. It's horrendous. I mean, it's just, you go home and you just think, what am I going to do now? I can't, I can't watch another YouTube video. I just can't. I know, it's, it's, it's a sickening time. But anyway, all I could say is, um, keep stay indoors, look after yourself, look after the family, and I will obviously speak to you soon on another Potter's podcast. Hopefully, about football. Uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. We're, well, we're trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, got to get it through. So, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for that, mate. No worries, mate. So, we've got a special guest for you here on the Potter's podcast, and it's Pounds. Pat Poons. Nope. We've got that right. Poons, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how have you been coping with the isolation at the moment? Are you doing alright? Oh, I'm missing the football badly. It is, oh, I, wish, I just wish there was something on telly for us to watch. I'm bored as hell. I know, That's all I can say. I know I've been watching some really rubbish YouTube videos at the moment. I watched that one not long ago about cats dancing. I thought, <laughs> where am I going with my life here? All I've got is me and my missus. My missus just addicted to Disney Plus. It's like, oops, every day free trial. Let's just watch this. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> Inside out four times, Lion King twice. <laughs> no, bloody Avatar. Thanks, <laughs> uh, Right, so we'll kick in. Um, so you're, you're a Stoke fan, obviously. You've, you've got your own vlog, which is on yeah. YouTube, which people should always go and look for. But I, we'll, we'll go right for the beginning. So how did you become a Stoke fan and where did it start? Sarby, I remember Carl Sarby, that's a blast from the past, that is. Carl Sarby. Carl Sarby, I can buy Gifton, Noel Williams, Ed DeHoy, all the, um, lots of Michael Dubry, those are the ones that I grew up with in the early 2000s. So if you're going to talk about those kind of times, who was the player that sort of was your kind of hero when you first started going, the man that made you want go? Oh, Daryl uh, Russell, it was. Daryl um, Russell? Daryl Russell. I got upset one day when I couldn't even my mum told me like, I'm not allowed to go to the Stoke game because you've been naughty so you can watch it on the telly. So I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to watch it on the telly. <laughs> uh, fifth, fifth game of the 2004-2005 season against Wolves at home. We won 2-1 at the end. Daryl Russell scored the first goal of the game in off the post from outside the box. I was like, that's a great goal. You're not my favourite player. Yeah, I remember <laughs> so that great. Oh, it was a great time watching it on telly. I just saw my mum in the crowd on telly, like, there's an empty seat there, that's where I should be sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky, but that was a good day watching, watching that anyway. But growing up with those players, um, it's great growing up. They've been mascot quite a few times as well. Oh, so tell me about that. What was it like being a mascot for Stu? It was brilliant, I think it was. Uh, I think it was like the year later as well, 2005, I was mascot against Wolves as well. It was like a week before my birthday. It didn't go so well that time because we didn't win. 
but it was a great meet. I was playing. I met like did play like Dave Brammer, walked out on the pitch with Michael Dubry, met Ed DeHoy, Steve Simmonson, um, manager at the time. I remember what his name? Johan Boskamp. Oh, Johan Boskamp. Johan Boskamp. I met him, and at the end of, end of it, we didn't know we didn't win, but I still had a good day. We went to the after party as well. They had it at Stoke, and great met all the players that yet again, like um, John Halls, Dave Dave Brammer. Um, Clive Clark, all those players, and one of the best days of my life, really, back then. Who was the player? Who was the player that shocked you? Who was like the nicest one, the one who, who you could warm to when you were there? Oh, my, Michael Dubrick. I was nervous before walking on the pitch, and he was just he was just held me hand and was like, "Don't, don't worry about it. The, the crowd will warm up to you. They always do." And I was like, "I'm about to walk on the stage pitch. Now. I hope so." Yeah, you see, I've, I've just put him, put him up actually on here. Who's your favourite player? Who's your def- favourite defender? And I put some obscure ones in there. Uh, Michael Dubry was on that list. Yeah, Michael Dubry. I used to love Michael Dubry when he came around. He was um, great. He's a great guy. Times. So would you would you describe your early Stoke times as good being a Stoke fan though when you were first starting to go? Oh yeah, I think it was great. Obviously, I wasn't really too focused on the season when I was when you're young. You're just focused on just hope my team wins. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I wanted just Stoke to win. Uh, and there's lots of good memories being there. Me, I was, my usual seat was me, my mum, block, block 30, row 6, right on the end of the aisle. I just remember being that low down, watching it on the halfway line. It was beautiful, you just can't get a seat around there these days. Nice pricey around there as well, isn't it? It's one of the pricey tickets. Like I'm in the South Stand, I am right up the corner. I just yeah, I, I always there. choose. I, I choose between South Stand or the Boomer End Corner because it's cheapest to one. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but the food in South Stand is much more atmosphere. That Boomer End's coming quite quiet. Yeah, it has. Yeah. South Stand now. Yeah, it has. It has become a bit more of a quiet end now. It's South Stand's where the atmosphere is. Um, yes. Sometimes too much atmosphere, <laughs> but it's it's uh, you can't you can't have too much, can you? Oh no. So right, we'll go into it then. So you've obviously got a YouTube uh, vlog. Uh, how did that start? How did you start doing that? Well, uh, I was, I'm a big YouTube fan anyway, so I watch lots of um, football vloggers as well. Um, Spencer Rowan, who does his West Ham United um, vlogs. Um, I watched him pretty much every day whenever he did one. As well as the Fogden was one coming up as well, probably the biggest uh, football vlogger besides Spencer Owen. He's a Bolton fan. And I was watching them, I was like, I really think I can do it. Because at this point, I didn't know anybody else that did Stoke vlogs. Obviously, Harvey does it. He's been doing it for uh, like a year or a season longer than me. And I've been, I was like, I don't know anybody does it. And I, I kind of want to do it. Because all I was doing on YouTube before is playing video games, playing like FIFA, Call of Duty, Fortnite, and any good clips or anything. I'll just upload them for the sake of uploading, just see where it goes. But I was like, I want to do something a bit more meaningful. I want to take something, because I love Stoke. I want to start having a reason to go to Stoke games again, because I wasn't going to actually barely any Stoke games. I guess like one or two a season. But when I started that, I committed to going. I went to pretty much, I think last season, I missed three games last season. I think it was Blackburn and Hull at home and Shrewsbury. I think got replay at home. They're the only three games I missed. And I was, I was committed to going, I wanted just to go, and I was like, you know what, I'll see how it goes, obviously the season, we've been relegated from the Premier League, last, last, last season, and I was like, I'll go to this Brentford game, I'll see how it goes, I was doing my vlogs vertically, horror like vertically with my phone, with the game against Brentford, and I think I did okay, Like, and I got quite a good amount of views, I saw what had happened at the first time, and I got that many, I got like 400 views in the first day, I was like, 
this is something I can really kick on with. It's actually kick, kicking off quite well. People are actually wanting to see it, giving me good feedback now to get better. Yeah, it's good. That Brentford that Brentford vlog's not me on my channel anymore because I got copyrighted music in it, but uh, I had to keep going. It was great. I was, I was loving the, the interaction with people. I was loving, I love giving people something to watch and enjoy. So that's how it started. I just wanted to keep going with it, and obviously, you go for it and you meet people. And it just it's like you meet someone and goes, "Hey, I recognise you from your videos." It's like. Oh wow, it's actually amazing that because you don't respect that many people to catch on and start watching uh, something that you've made just by going to a match, just a little uh, entry. This is like a video diary of really what the whole game was, that's what I wanted it to be, but people are catching on and people wanted to see it, so it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, it is, it is, it is amazing. We, like I say, we watch it every week. Every time there's a home game on, just before we do his pod and we do his run through the matches, we always watch you and Harvey as well. We watch him as well. Watch both just to get a different angle and see how the fans are in the different areas. Because I've noticed with yours that you are in different parts of the stadium. Uh, yeah. As well, which is always a good insight just to see how the reactions are from some. Because, like we oh, say, yeah. we've got the prawn sandwich brigade on one side, which isn't what I'm, we're not the main stand that people think. It's the I call the prawn sandwich side, the other side in the middle. Um, but yeah, I, I bet it must be nerve wracking doing something like that because you're genuinely talking to yourself in a stand full of thousands of people. It, it must be scary. Oh, it does. There is moments where it, it can terrify. I think one of them was last year against Birmingham. Um, I was say, apparently I was sitting in some guy's seat, which I wasn't, but he wasn't very happy because apparently I was sitting in his seat. So, and I was trying to do my normal thing, doing me doing me vlogs, getting getting the match of most of the cat, most of the count the match. And all, and if you see, and if you can hear in that in that vlog, it's like just put your bloody phone away, watch, don't watch it through a bloody camera. And you get tense, you just, you're sitting there like, okay, there's some 40-year-old bloke next to me, I'm only 20, 21, and I don't want to get beaten up just for video in the Stoke game. So I'm dead cautious about what I, what I was doing during yeah. that whole game. Well, I mean, that's just somebody who's a bit miserable who doesn't understand modern things, does he, at the end of the day? Well, well no, no, I was trying to do my thing, I was still going for it as much, but that vlog was a bit... A bit iffy because it was shorter than I'm not normally my vlogs are 20 25 minutes. I want to get as much of the match as I can because I wanted to be there's people that can't go to the game, there's people that live in other parts of the world that can't go, and I want to make it like a good insight to the game where you can actually watch it as if you were there. And I don't want some miserable bloke next to me going, Put your bloody phone away because I'm like, I'm at the end of the day, I'm just gonna go, No, because I'm busy doing this, yeah, yeah. But, Luckily enough, it was a bit of if and up and down. Of the up bit was people in front of me um, also recognised me as well. So I was like, I was like yeah, really brilliant. At least so there's people catching on. People recognise your face after only doing it for like a month or two, which is amazing and incredible. Well, I was going to say that. I mean, it must be as your match experience changed since you have got your one thousand odd views and and people like starting notice you. Is it outside the ground as well as in that come up to you and ask how you yeah. doing? It was one of the last games I went to. I think it was the Cardiff one. And I'm just I'm walking with um, Harry Potter, the Sean. He said most guys know one of the Instagram super fans of Stoke. And I was walking. I was just walking with him because I, I meet him every now and again before the matches. I just walked him to the seat because I was in the south stand right next to him. And there's there's, there's always kids that obviously walk past going, "Hey, it's Pones," and I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" And they're asking for photos and stuff. I'm like. 
Well, you, you could do. You could you could like put FIFA on and pretend like oh what a goal! But yeah, the Benic sword to you know control whilst doing it at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But as long as they don't lose and people get bored and lose. Well, I was going to mention that because you've got another um, thing up on your page as well about FIFA as well. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about that, tell us about that. Well, obviously we're uh, trying to keep it Stoke related uh, to my channel as I can, and one of the games of Stoke on is FIFA and I've grown up playing FIFA all my life FIFA 98, FIFA 2000 all those FIFAs growing up I've just been playing them and obviously I just wanted to do something I was thinking I don't really play like Korea that much because I don't really like because one of my favourite things and one of my favourite FIFAs was FIFA 2008 when Stoke were last in the championship and I love the most of getting a team promoted and getting a good, getting a, a good team so last year FIFA 19 I've just played a Kramer with Stoke um, managed it get, like, get your team to the Premier League again and see where your team builds up from it's just a different side to it so it's a different side to Stoke instead of just match experience box because if you're just doing one or the other you're going to get bored and you need something else just to keep switch up keep your mind fresh and it's, it's great for me I have fun playing it and when I post I get some good um, interactions on it as well this year's been a bit slower as well I haven't really get gotten into FIFA that much this year so I try and figure something out next year next year's FIFA maybe but it's, it's a good thing to do I really enjoy playing uh, FIFA and it gets people interacted again with Stoke and during these times it's another good thing to put to keep people fresh at football well yeah it's all about getting content out and keeping people on your page into it I've noticed the last couple of weeks that I've I haven't put a lot up myself and I thought to myself we're going to have to do something so I thought well if we put interviews up and like yourself and others like Rob and Ben I thought well it's got to be up there as well. So, I mean, where where do you where, have you got like a passion for you blogging? Have you got anything in the future planned to maybe go into that kind of job? <laughs> Get any kind of way? Well, I'll just try, try to. Obviously, I'm not really sure what my future plans are. I'm, just, I'm, do, I'm doing this more as a hobby, just something to do on the side. Because I'm going to the Stoke Games, may as well may put my vlog out as well at the same time. So, it's, so I'm not only having fun with the Stoke Games, I'm also um, putting those vlogs out as well for someone else to enjoy that can't, maybe, maybe can't go to it or wants to see a different side of the stadium, maybe somewhere they've not sat before. So, so by doing that, um, maybe I could do something in that in that field because it's, it's, it's a worldwide open. You can do I could do pretty much whatever I wanted if I, if I put my mind to it. So maybe in the future, it's a possibility I could always do that. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The Stokes actual social media page does really need somebody like yourself who has got ideas because it is yeah. quite boring watching the Stokes main channel so I mean that's why people like you and me are, are getting good reviews and, and are getting watched because the, the club isn't producing anything of its own I mean what yeah. do you think of the social side social media side of the Stoke yeah all I'm seeing from the Stokes like I've seen Stokes YouTube channel themselves it's mainly interviews they do their own highlights as well which is good for, again they do their own thing to keep people again who maybe can't go to the game they keep them up to date of what happened in it but that's people that you can 
probably watch that on telly the same night as the game on uh, EFL on Quest, can't you? So yeah. uh, it's a bit boring. It's just interviews and post match interviews, which yes, I don't. Not many people want to see uh, no. during these times. Maybe, but obviously, maybe if you do like a FIFA tournament between some content creators or something to keep you keep you busy. Maybe a training session with people. Yeah. Maybe to surprise somebody. It's something to keep you like. Yeah, it's a, it's a good club. Some people might not have a football team to support, and just book the, just by having interviews on your channel, you're not going to get many new supporters in. So you want to try to build your brand, and building your brand isn't going to help with just Michael O'Neill talking about how the game went or anybody like that. So yeah, I think they do need to do something as well because it isn't too much happening on either YouTube or their Twitter or Facebook really. But again, hopefully they've got plans for the future because the content creators like me, you and Harvey and everyone else related to Stoke, like um, Bearpit TV, etc. They don't really get that much. Um, they, they need something else from the club to give, give them encouragement to do, to do more because it would be great if they did. And they went, yeah, I see what you're doing. I appreciate all the, the, the support and the, the following you're bringing back to Stoke. Let's get you involved. Let's give you something that you'll want to remember, maybe like missing players or something. Because it'd be great for us. And it'd keep us motivated to carry on doing more. Well, I, I, I can remember once, you might remember it yourself, I think it was around Christmas, about two, three years ago, when Bojan and Munyeza were playing here Connect Four together. And, and it was I thought that that's actually a good idea it's, it's something away from football just to something to watch because they were having a bit of banter with each other they were having a bit of a joke and I thought that's this is a good idea they finally learnt and then you never saw anything again and it, it, very frustrating as a as a person that you know wants to see how players interact with each other and I just feel that there is there has been a bit of a letdown with most of this Um I, I agree with you with a lot oh, yeah. of that yeah there's a lot of things I think one of them as well with back there back in the day with like Charlie Adam and Jeff Cameron and everybody saying like who's the loudest who's the, who's the, makes the most jokes and everything like that's what you want to see people like a lot of banter between players and the other like off the pitch as well and that's, that's what you want to see that's what we need to see more of well I've, I've noticed that as well that you've um You've mentioned Harry Potter. How did you get to know uh, Harry Potter? Well, I knew he was um, a big, a big Stoke fan on um, Instagram, and I met him uh, first. I think in a, like a figure, a League Cup game against Hull um, quite a few years ago. And um, coming up, obviously, I'm, obviously I met him. Obviously, when I was doing my vlogs, I met him for the first time in that um, Carabao Cup round against Huddersfield last season. And I met him there, and it was obviously a great guy. He was pleasant. He was watching me vlogs, and he even did a little bit in my video for me as well. Um, was score predictions and stuff. And that's, that's how I, I met. Him. And he's he's really he's a really good guy. He's really encouraging as well. He's like, oh, there's a Nello's over there. Why don't you get some like a bit in the video with him? And I'm like, well, yeah, I will actually, because he knows his way about social media. He knows how to create good, um, good good little things for his story on Instagram, which is a good good watch as well. And it's good. It's good advice. You know, it's like a social a social media dad. I'd call him. He's good. He's good at helping out with that. And every time I meet him, as well, he's grateful because there's obviously times where obviously I buy my tickets individually. I don't have a season ticket, so that's why I'm docked around most of the time. Because it's nice to see where I'm going. But most of the time, it's wherever tickets are available at the time. But most of the time, I can't go. And he's always like, oh, "Yeah, I've, got, I've always got some tickets spare. I don't mind if you always come down and uh, come and get one." I'm like, well, yeah, it's great because I can keep my vlogs going. I can uh, uh, keep going 
going in the future, can't I? That's like, it means a lot, and he's just a nice guy. He doesn't want anything in return. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he hasn't been getting a lot of good press at the moment, has he, since that famous Liverpool video that went viral, which is a shame, really, because I've always been a bit of a big fan of Harry Potter, because he's, he's like the original one, isn't he, before yeah. Pitt and, obviously, Elliot and Why, 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 Ben, ben and, and you've got... It's a shame, really. I mean, how do you think he can recover himself in this kind of situation? I think he just needs to block most of the, any hate he gets out. He just needs to ignore it. It's, it's in the past now. He just needs to carry on what he's doing. I think he's trying to. I think he's trying to put the Harry Potter aside of him aside, which I don't think he'd be able to put aside. I think he should nail it down. Keep keep doing what he's doing. Because um, the start of the season, he was back on Stoke doing his speech about how he loves the club. Uh, it was around the ground at the start of the season. It was on. It was on Stoke's YouTube as well. So he needs to keep going because obviously Stoke recognised him as being a great guy. I know he's a great guy, and you know he's a great guy. Yet yeah, everyone else should know that. Obviously, yeah, you have mistakes in life. Everyone does. You just need to keep going and keep doing what you're doing because he enjoys it. So don't let any hate or any past grievances um, put you down. Just needs to just keep doing what he was used to be doing. Yeah, we all get negative criticism at the end of the day, and I, th- I think that him hiding away is is the absolute opposite of what he should be doing. I think he should have just put yeah. through it, said fair enough, I made a mistake. The flare thing was a bit too far, but at the end of the day, well, it was nothing majorly wrong. It was nothing. He didn't. No, no. He didn't like you know smash a window or destroy anything. It was just a. a, a it was just just something that wasn't quite right, but. Yeah, uh, right, so we'll go into the question time now. This is the bit that most people struggle with now, so you've done your own work. I'll try. Right, uh, a lot of people get confused on this question now, and it's it's not the best, the favourite ever match. It's the best, the favourite ever moment. Favourite moment? In a, in a game. Your favourite moment, like second moment, a moment that inspired you and thought, wow, what? And you, you went nuts, basically. My favourite ever goal, yeah. Uh, my favourite ever goal, seen live as well. Um, growing up, sitting in that block 30, everyone, you see everybody walking out, it's 1 1, and losing at the time for top of the table as well. Yeah. And we were bang, banging mid table, I reckon, as well. So, and just, you see Dave Ramet picking up that ball, and he just wallops it into that top left hand corner, and the whole place goes absolutely mental. Well, that was one thing you'd never forget, and obviously going, people going crazy. And you see people that have just left come back out because they've heard a goal, and it's one of those greatest moments. And he's watching everybody, the whole stadium going mad because he just beat up the league. The whole place mad because even back then Steve Stimmis is running up the pitch and celebrating. The reason why I do this is like I like it because every every single person I ask has got a different moment, and it's like everyone will say because if you ask most people like your favourite ever game, they'll always mainly go back to Bolton five 0 or six one Liverpool or yeah, you know, yeah. the Aston Villa game or when we won three two last minute when, but I, I was yeah. there I was there directly in his eye line and I can remember going what I can remember like gasping looking at my mate going Dave Bram has just hit that. 
You know, yeah. something Stephen Gerrard or Frank Lampard would have been proud of a 36, 38 yard drive perfectly in the top corner. It couldn't have been a better strike ever. The composure you need in that last minute as well, just it just last kick of the game, just walks into that corner. Like, not any person can do that. You have to have some sort of skill to get that where you want it. But the yeah, thing I, don't is, think he'd call, I don't think he'd call it a fluke. But the thing is, David Brammer didn't have that kind of skill. We'd watched him for three years. It's like, no, it, it, it's all, I may as well have nothing to lose at this point. Last kick of the game is the point, at least minimum. May as well hit it, see where it goes. And it was perfect. <laughs> perfect, amazing. I mean, because like a lot of people were talking about the Crouch goals being the best I've seen, and I was there watch that live as well. But there was just something about that Dave Brammer goal where you, you have to look at who it was, not just yeah. how it went in. It was Dave Brammer. I think he'd only Dave scored Brammer. four goals in a Stoke shirt, and for him to hit that like that, that it, it, it mesmerised me. And it's always been in my whenever someone mentions me best ever goal, they always go, "Oh, you're going to say Crouch, aren't you?" And he goes, "I'm not. I'm going to say Dave Brammer." Against Dave Brammer is the one. Yeah, so there you go, that's an our season one for you, if you remember that one. Right, so now we go into um, your favourite ever player. Not so much the best of skill, or the, or the player you'd say is the best, the one that means more to you. He could, he could be Lucas Neal for all I know, or even Dave Brammett, but just somebody who's your favourite. It's a good shout. I mean, I remember Daryl Russell. He was—he he never stopped running. He was probably one of the most fittest players I think I've ever seen at Stoke. He, he, he had an engine on him. He didn't have any real quality about him. I'll, I'll say that he, he wasn't a great passer of the ball. He didn't score goals, but his hard work and endeavour was up there with with many players. He never stopped running. He's a great player. Five years at Stoke as well. He was a long save and pure absolutely long, long as well. Yeah, I remember when I think he left for Norwich as well. At the end of it as well. It was a bit. A bit sad to see him in a bloody yellow shirt when he, when he came back to Britannia. And I think it was a promotion season, but what can you say? Five years is a good service for any player. Yeah, he was a good player. I mean, personally, mine was James O'Connor um, <clears throat> through my time because I remember that year when we went up and Cardiff pinched both his best players, uh, Graham Cavanagh and Peter Fawn. And I thought, I can remember sitting there thinking, we're not going to go up this time. I think we've lost all this quality because he used to love Graham Cavanagh. But then this little ginger fella from Ireland, James O'Connor, came in and what a player. He's, he's, he's my hero, he is. He's my hero growing up, James O'Connor. Love the man. Right. Uh, right, so now we've moved from that. We move into the peop- the question that everybody seems to struggle with is picking their worst ever players. Oof. 
You can also, you can also have honourable mentions. Anyone else you want to put it there? But what I want is your worst ever player. Can I pick one for his um, for his aggression, but in the wrong way? It's Jerry Taggart. Oh, Taggart. The, the, the player just gets a red, gets at least four red cards a season. He just. He just didn't know how to keep his feet off the ground. Like, he don't need to be jumping in. I know he's got a reputation of getting red cards, but he only get like four red cards a season. Like, he, he had a good, he was an alright rock at the back sometimes in some games, but he just lost his temper for every little thing he did. Any little thing any other player did, he just lost it and he got sent off for it. And it, could, it cost us points, valuable points, like playoff positions and stuff. Like, you don't need that. You don't need that in your squad. So I reckon he, he, he's, he's a good serviceman, yeah. And he, he did score one or two really good goals. I remember one of his final goals in his retirement season was he scored a good one against, I think it was against Reading, I think. He scored a good goal there, but he shouldn't need the aggression on the pitch to get a red card. They're pretty much every game, every game I remember going to, he got a red card. See, I, I love Jerry Tuckett. <laughs> Jerry Taggart that's all I remember is just getting red cards or kicking people or punching people I was like come on Jerry you don't need to be doing that I'll I'll always love Jerry Taggart for when he got Derry Sewing Derry Sewing Derry Swires round the route I just I just loved his fire I loved loved he just he just didn't take any messing oh god no that's your shout that's your shout it's up to you at the end of the day you're the guest if you think it's Jerry Taggart it's Jerry Taggart have you got any more uh, honourable mentions. Anyone else you want to mention who's um, in there in the list of worst player? Well, I can't really think of any offside of Berahino, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a good shout. <laughs> one of, uh, one of the, he just had nothing, did he? He deserved go. He's, he's doing all right now, and other was it Belgian League he's in now. Yeah. But he, he, he just knows no commitment. He was, there for, he was one of the players that's there for the money, isn't he? I think he's he's paid a, we paid a stupid amount for him. He got no game time, scored no goals. Remember, this, he scored a goal against his, his first goal for Stoke game against Huddersfield last year in the cup, yeah. and even that was a fluke. Like he did nothing, yeah. nothing. He was nothing. He should, he should, he should, he shouldn't have gone for. As soon as, as soon as I found out we signed him, I was like, "What are we doing? We just blown like twelve million pound on the player. We spent, we bought Shakiri for much that much. I know. And look, look what Shakiri could turn into. We don't need to be spending that much bloody money on." A youngster had nothing. Yeah, he had, he said people are saying he had a load of potential, but he turned out flop at the end. Well, it's just his attitude, wasn't he? I mean, at the end of the day, this was a player that, you know, really had two good seasons at West Brom. Uh, didn't get the move to Tottenham. Threw his threw all his toys out the pram because he didn't get a move. Fell out with Pulis. Fell out with Jeremy Peace, the chairman at the time of West Brom. And then gets a great second chance at Stoke to get himself back up, and he just couldn't be bothered. Turned in late all the time, couldn't. It's it just an absolute waste of Bruce skin when it comes to down to being a footballer. And a waste of money as well. Uh, a waste of money, but let's be honest, there's quite a few on that list when it comes down to waste of space at Stoke. You know, Vimy and Mueller. And there's, there's a fair few, really. But uh, yeah, but uh, like I say, Jerry Taggart, it's a surprise me, but it's your pick. Uh, right, so we'll move in to the best ever manager. Tony Pulis, I think, bar none. I think first, someone to be that loyal to to a club. Yeah, you have a stint from back in the early 2000s. You leave, then you decide, you decide to come back, and it's your aspiration. You say, I want to be the first manager to get them into the Premier League. And within two seasons, he, he actually does it. He gets the backing from the chairman and all the board, and he gets that. He sticks by his club, reckon, to, 
Tony Pulis. I've grown, I've grown up with him as the manager all the time. With him and you and Boscombe, they're like the two growing up, and Boscombe was like there for a season. And obviously Mark Hughes as well. Mark Hughes, obviously, yeah, he was a good manager. He got his ninth in the Premier League three years, three seasons in a row. But for Tony Pulis as well, he's just a commit, a commitment manager. That game, the game, I think the, the weekend he lost his mother. And he still came back for the second half. It was an inspiration to the fans and the team, and we got a win from it. So I think for me, Tony Pulis. Yeah, yeah. Is there a, a, a favourite moment of Tony Pulis that it sticks with your mind? I can't think of any, but the as they be the semi-finals, and as well as that um, moment he came back in the second half. Semi-finals, he just wanted to stay calm and like, yeah, we scored one, two goals against Bolton, but when he realised we scored three, four, he showed the passion he had for Stoke and the rest of his this best of his team. And I think everything everyone was sharing that same moment with him. It's good when you see managers um, interact like that with the fans. I think Jurgen Klopp's one of the, the most um, love fans. I think that love managers for fans for Liverpool. And love seeing what he just runs on the pitch. He doesn't care. He wants to celebrate every goal his, his team scores. And I think Tony Pulis, in a way, was similar. Not exactly the same as Jurgen Klopp, but similar in that aspect. Well, I mean, with Tony Pulis, we know how much he loved the club because of him. When his mum sadly passed away, he came back at half time, didn't he, to, to yeah. carry on managing the team and turn the result round. I think we were losing 1 0 at the time and ended up winning the game 2 1, which really shows it. He's, he's my favourite manager as well, I'll put that out there. He's yeah. mine. It was an odd toss up between for me because I grew up with Lou McCory as well. So it was, and he brought my one of my other heroes, which was Mike Sharon at the time. And you know, it's yeah, there's nothing, there's no question that Tony Pulis for me is probably the second greatest manager in his history. To be honest, I mean, hopefully it's going to be overtaken by Michael O'Neill, but you never know at this moment. You never know. What do you think of Michael O'Neill? Do you think he's going to do the impossible and get his back? Do you think he's going to get his back to the Premier League eventually? I think he's the man. Yeah, I think because the I thing think so is. Too. Yeah, I, I think I think he's a great manager. I think for what he's done already, he deserves a medal, in my opinion, for getting the team scoring goals. I mean, the, the improvement in Klukas and McLean and even Joe Allen since he's come in. And Tyrese Campbell now looks like, a, and maybe could look like a Ricardo Fuller in the next couple of years. It's, yeah. it's looking good again now because the fact is the board have got a big, big lot to say, aren't they really? I mean... What do you think about the board at the moment? It's Tony's goals into all the players he's brought in. You just, I don't know why you didn't think like Vimmer. The money, it's the money you spend on players like that. Vimmer and Bula turned out to be nothing in the end. You could say like someone like Affleck was like, was a good player, but he didn't spend all the time. We're bringing all these ex-Barcelona players in, players that think we're going to turn us into a good, solid team, maybe a push for top, maybe push for top, top six, top seven in the Premier League, and it turned out into nothing. They don't want to be there. They don't even play any games. Like, I don't know how you can spend about forty million pounds on some a few players, don't play them, and now that where we are with big wage bills, they're still out on loan. Yeah, it's it's quite disheartened. I mean, just before the we all went into lockdown, before the football started, there was a a fan meeting, wasn't there, between uh, John Coates, Michael O'Neill, and Tony Scholes? And I put a question in, and the question was, um, have you ever thought about bringing in a director of football or bringing you stepping back and bringing a chairman in, like a lot of other modern clubs are doing, like Wolves, Brighton, Leeds are doing it now, um, Leicester do it. All these like modern successful clubs all have the owner stepping back and becoming just owners and putting the money in where needed and, the ch- and a chairman who knows what he's doing running a football club 
and he just flat out refused it. Oh, we don't run things this way, and and I think he said like, oh well, we've made mistakes, and I keep thinking to myself, yeah, but John, your mistakes have taken us from nine in the Premier League to bottom of the Championship in a four-year stint. Yeah, it's not good enough for me. No, it's not. It's not for anybody. No one wants to. No one wants to see that. Like my little brother grew up. Obviously, my little brother was born in two thousand and eight. So he grew up with Stoke in the highest league and the best league in the world, finishing ninth pretty much almost every season. And the moment we got relegated, he was there. That Crystal Palace game when Van Arnold scored. And uh, like as a brother, you don't want to. Obviously, I've been. I've, being grew up Stoke in a championship that's the lowest I've seen Stoke in a championship and that's the lowest my brother's now seen Stoke and he was he grew up with Premier League football all the time that's why he loved the club he still does my little brother is a Matthew Stoke fan and it's, it's sad to see, to see a little, little kid obviously wanting to be next, the next big Stoke player seeing him but he cries eyes out cries eyes out because the players just couldn't care to put a, put a header in to just defend the ball or something yeah, I know. I know exactly what it means. I used to cry when uh, the final game when we lost four two to Man City and got they came down with us and we got relegated. I thought, oh god, it can't get worse as a fan. But uh, to be fair, those old days in the old like third tier is some of my best moments because of course that's when I started getting with, with my friends and you know the Icelanders came in and it, 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 like I say the, the, it's Stokes there, football's there to just be football and it, it's, at times it doesn't matter what division you're in as long as you support them and you have great times whatever league you're in and you tell your little brother that, that and he'll he'll get used to it and love it eventually especially when he starts getting oh, yeah. his own mates it'll, it'll, it'll really kick in Right, so we've we've got a bit off topic there, but now is your where's your worst ever Stoke City manager? Ooh, I, see, I, see, I didn't grow up with I didn't grow up with many, but obviously Paul Lambert was obviously one of them. Lastly, he couldn't turn anything around, but he was only there for a, a very short stint. But I think Nathan Jones, he had such big aspirations for the club. He was, he's a great, he's a great, he's a great character to have at a club. He was, he, he was passionate from day one. Like he said, he he wants Stoke to be a great club again and get the um, get Stoke back to how they used to be. But it just wasn't working for him at all. Everything he was doing, he was trying to replicate what he did at Luton. And yeah, okay, fair enough. He got Luton from League Two into top of the league, top of League One. That's that's great. For, that's great. But don't forget, League One is a much bigger step down from the Championship. Championship is way more brutal. You see teams don't forget. As soon as you go from the League One to the Championship, you're playing ex Premier League teams. Pretty much half the teams in the Championship have been in the Premier League. Don't forget after that time you have Aston Villa, Birmingham, Norwich, everyone, Bolton. There's such there's so many big teams there with obviously aspirations to gain back up. They're not going to be fighting out to try and survive League One. They want to be pushing for. Um, Premier League football at that point. You want to, they want to be there with you, and he had nothing. Literally, what what three wins, four wins in the 30, 40 games he was there. He just couldn't. Everyone was literally lacking off. Everyone thought it was going to be such a great game, another big turnaround like Michael O'Neill's first game against Barnsley. A big turnaround when we beat Leeds, who was top of the table two one. I thought, yeah, it's going to be this is going to be brilliant, but. It just couldn't work out for him. Nothing, nothing really did. Nothing went his, nothing went his way. I think, I think people started, to, people started to turn on him. But some fans were still respecting him. I remember sitting in the, um, sitting in the booth and corner, when some guy got his Jones, like Nathan Jones out sign out. So people turned on the fan because he got the, the sign out. But 
which I, yeah, I can understand because people love Nathan Jones as who he is, but it just wasn't representing. He wasn't. Don't think it was transferring onto the pitch to to the players, and they cost him his job at the end of the day. Well, I, f- I think the problem is with Nathan Jones. If we're going to think, because I loved him as a bloke, I think as a man and as a as a person, he was a great bloke. Yeah, I, I always I always respect him for how how well he he did with the Gordon Banks um, death. I think he was he handled it well. He and, and I'll always have respect for him for that. And, and to be honest with you, I hope he does go somewhere else and does well again. The problem yeah. is with when he came into Stoke. The problem is it was just a jump too high, and he didn't have the experience. Because the thing is, he, he moved into the job at Luton where he had the players in the lower level that suited him because he had a younger team. They, they all played well. He never really had any bad experiences at Luton. He, he didn't have to change things, or he just played the same way week in week out, and it worked. For two, yeah. for two years pretty much and when he came in at Stoke it was there was already a bad attitude there was a lot of bad apples that didn't want to be at the club he didn't really get the signings that suited him he, he likes quick wing backs and we brought Tommy Smith in and Stephen Ward who has been injured for two seasons and can't run anywhere so, so to be honest he, he was a, it was a situation of both where it was the board didn't help him and he just didn't have the experience to fix them problems. And obviously, there's a lot of there's obviously the signings you brought in. You're thinking like his system was to have two, like at least two people in every position, so they can fight out so that they desire to get the positions back. But the other day, it's just going to make players upset. They're not getting game time. They're looking at players like Tom Edwards, who's a good upcoming fullback and a good Stoke player in it for the age years, and he's he's running against Tommy Smith, who's an experienced Premier League player. And he's not going to grow when he's fighting for a position against a very experienced player who, obviously, again, Nathan Jones didn't want to bring him in. And obviously, there's players like, yeah, we need a good left-back. We get Stephen Ward. He's good for experience, but yeah, he's not he's not quick, is he? And he could have got someone else, like all of our good left-backs. I think Eric Peters was a good player. He just wasn't getting along with Nathan Jones. Eric Peters is a, is a, is a good good fullback. He can get off the pitch. He can put a good cross in when needed. And he can get good assists, and he's got a good strike on him as well. And that's that's what you want from a fullback, so he can get forward. And he got rid of him and replaced him with Stephen Ward. And we really needed somebody else. Most of lot, a lot of like young or quick or very experienced, but still got some speed to get, like you say, get up the channels and put a good ball in. But when you're putting Bruno Martins in there or James McLean there, who aren't natural in those positions. That cost us, I think. I think having James McLean left back, I, I was disagreeing from the start. Putting in there, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get anywhere, and it cost us early in the season. We couldn't win at all early in the season. That's why we're bottom of the league, and that's why we've been down there all season because of those simple errors. They just couldn't bring in a, a good left back. Yeah, I think the big. So, I mean, if you're going to talk about Nathan Jones being the worst, what was the worst moment for you that made you go, "No, this isn't the right man." It was, it was it was this season. It just nothing was going his way. Like I like I love Nathan Jones for who he was as a person. Don't get me wrong, but it when nothing's going his way and you're seeing the players just not putting a shift in. You're playing against the not in the Forest Middlesbrough and teams that you know you need to get points against, and you can't do that. And it's it's. It's just like no, you know, point like like last season as well. You've seen get like games against like Rotherham as well, a team that are bottom of the league. We should be picking up an easy win. We go two 0 up and we end up drawing two two. 
Yeah. Like, put the same things like that. Like, we got them at, like, 20-summer draws last season. Like, if just think, if, if you actually made the players pull the finger out, we would have been playoff, in the playoffs where we should be, at least, at very minimum. If we would have got, like, an extra 20-plus plus points, we'd be in the 70-point mark pushing playoff football. Like, that's the, that's the difference it is between those draws to turn them into wins. Like, that's what you need to do. Just, if you see people turn on it, like that it's, yeah it's bad for any manager as well but so here he is he's a, he's a great guy just nothing went well for him at least really well that's it yeah you're out there right so we'll, we'll push into the final bit of the uh, interview now um, where do you see Stoke in the future where do you think they'll go where do you think they'll end up I say well that eventually um, we're back in the Premier League as I say but I think um, as again I'm going in my head not my heart here I say we're going to turn into a a yo-yo team between the Premier League and Championship again, a bit like West Brom are at the moment, where they're up down every couple of seasons. I'd say we need we need a bit of stability to stop that happening. But I say if this obviously I think this season is going to get cancelled anyway, or at least played out. Um, I think we need Nagley needs needs like another season to get his squad together. Then the season after that, hopefully, but he's got a good squad that like, can push playoffs at least at the minimum. I think we need to be pushing playoffs at least. Uh, automatic might be a bit difficult with the teams coming down, with them, obviously, because when they come down, they're bringing a lot of money down with them, and that can, they can invest into some players to get them back up. So we need to slowly build up. I think push playoffs. Hopefully, get through back to the Premier League in the playoff final, and hopefully try and um, get back to how we used to be, pushing towards top tens, hoping to get. Yeah, we've got the young youth academy you can push on like we've got some good youth academy with him, Josh Tyre and Tyrese Campbell all those players so if we can keep doing that I reckon we can get pushed back into the Premier League and I hope not I hope we're not becoming a yo-yo club but hopefully Premier League football again is where I want to be hopefully the next three four years so you have faith that Michael O'Neill's the man for the job that you'll get back Yeah, he, he is. I've seen the, the, the stats from the form table. I think when he came in, I think we were up into second or third in the form table. And that shows, obviously, when you come in first day on the job and you're winning 4-2 at Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley, bottom of the league, but so are we. In the day, so it's a bit of equal matchup when we're coming out four-two win. We play against Huddersfield, just come down and winning five-two from when we were two-one behind as well. That shows as well. He's a good, great manager, have great character to have at the club, and just think before he came in, we couldn't score three three goals a game since 2015. Like that's the difference maker. Like it's been that long since we scored three more goals in the game. Then Michael O'Neill comes in, he gets four on his first day. We're scoring five. We, we beat Sheffield Wednesday last minute. We beat Wigan last minute. It, it just shows he's got great. I think he's a great character to have, and I just want him to stay. So I think if you, I think he will stay. And I think we will be back up in the Premier League pretty pretty soon, I would have thought. Well, I agree with you. I've got a lot of positivity. Uh, do you want to, uh, before we let you go, do you want to um, tell everybody your handles and where to find your pages and everything? Yeah, um, obviously I'm on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Pones98, P-O-W-N, triple Z, 98. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm pretty active on Instagram mostly. Twitter, a little bit less, but I'll hopefully be building that back up in the future. The YouTube channels are Pones, P-O-W-N, triple Z. I'm up there doing my Stoke City vlogs. Obviously, hopefully football comes back soon. I really hope it does. I'm missing it so much. But in the meantime, I'm hopefully doing some more FIFA stuff um, for, for people to go and watch as well. Uh, hopefully, obviously, about to finish your first season on my recent 
uh, FIFA videos, so I'd love to go, obviously, for people to come over, interact, and get your own say on it, because it's just as much as my career mode as it is yours. So come over, interact. It's there for Stoke fans everywhere, so please come, come over and have some fun. Right, cheers for that, mate. It's been a great interview, and I'm, I'm glad you've come on. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Appreciate it. Cheers for that, mate. Ta-ra. Well, there wraps up another great interview. Uh, Pounds, if you like, say he's told you his handles and where to find him. And like I say, stay safe, stay indoors. Ta-ra.